how's your Gemini season going? How did the Sagittarius full moon go yesterday? Um, yesterday we had the Sagittarius full moon. I think it perfected, yeah, perfected around 13 degrees Sagittarius. And that was around 10.30 p.m. last night, which was the evening of June 3rd, 2023. Um, yeah, what were you guys thinking with the Sag Moon? What, what was the, what was the vibe? I was kind of like, it was interesting that, like, Sagittarius, as we know, is ruled by Jupiter. So, you know, when we have a Sagittarius full moon, we're kind of tapping into, like, what is Jupiter doing? And... What's interesting is Jupiter is in Taurus, as we know, he's recently moved into Taurus, and he's conjunct the North Node. So, you know, the ruler of this full moon, Jupiter conjunct the North Node. I feel like whenever anything like North Node-ish is going on, North Node, South Node, um, sometimes the theme of like letting go loss, um, grief, uh, karmic debts kind of being paid off, um, release, endings, um, that kind of thing can kind of come about the, um, Sagittarius full moon, uh, and, you know, the thing about, the thing that I've been feeling kind of frustrated about lately is, uh, just, I don't know, like, it's like a rhetoric that I, I, I try not to watch too much TikTok astrology or tarot content. By the way, y'all know I love, I love TikTok. Um, I actually think it's like an amazing form of social media. It's my favorite form of social media. It reminds me to like, have faith in humanity. I know it's weird, but it just, it reminds me that you know, one of the reasons we're still alive today as, like, a human species is because, like, we're so funny and we have the ability to laugh and we have the ability to, like, make jokes. And, yeah, TikTok, <clears throat> it just reminds me, like, how funny humans are. And I and I like that sort of survival mechanism, you know, that we have. But, you know, like anything, like any form of social media, there's there's good and bad parts of it. And, um, specifically, God, like the, I'm not trying to like hate on anybody specifically, but like the astrology and tarot content sometimes on TikTok is like, not it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I can't help but feel like it's, um, it's not it. Like I was seeing a lot of stuff talking about like manifestation and Sagittarius and expansion and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's really clear that these, I, I don't know, like some people really have not looked into <laughs> like the, the, the actual study of astrology, because I, I'm not sure if it was really that big of an energy for manifestation and expansion, because, you know, Per my last point, <laughs> per my last point, Jupiter is conjunct the North Node and opposing the South Node, you know? Like, there's something kind of, uh, uh, that karmic debt kind of vibe being paid off. Like, maybe some of us aren't necessarily in the place um, for calling new things in and manifesting and blah, blah, blah. And if you are, no, no shame at all, but... I think um, sometimes the sort of TikTok, even some Instagram stuff, that we have to like have this big manifestation and ritual. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm back. Um, it it kind of leads us to believe like we have to have this big ritual and manifestation every new moon and every full moon, and that just sounds like so exhausting to me. And it actually sounds like a good way to like leak your energy. Um, <laughs> to be honest, um, and, uh, there's also, like, again, I have no issue with, like, paying tribute to the new moon and full moon, every new moon and full moon. I think it's 
great. And I typically will kind of feel into the energy of every new moon and full moon. Um, but, but to like put pressure on the collective and to like sort of preach this, this narrative that, oh my God, like every 15 days we have to be, you know, doing this spell and abundance and blah, 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 and calling in shit and, you know, oh my God, like that's fucking exhausting. So (laughs) I just wanted to put that out there. Like, and I, and I think there was a time in my spiritual witchy journey where I was perhaps caught up in that sort of, um, yeah, that narrative that every single full moon, new moon was something, there had to be something to be done or there had to be a ritual or there had to be a manifestation. There had to be a dream, a goal a releasing a purging. Like you can just live your life. Like just because it's the full moon doesn't mean you can't just like live your life. And if you don't have some grandiose manifestation every 15 days, that's actually probably normal. And I wonder like, um, like when we think about, like these expectations that are put upon us by the narrative of like, oh my God, manifest abundance, manifest your dreams, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really have the long-term vision in mind because the truth is like, there's more to our long-term dream than just Jupiter. Uh, There's other planets. There's also this dude named Saturn, right? Who is um, kind of the planet of the long-term vision. And we can't just isolate one event into one meaning, right? So anyways, I'm kind of on a soapbox, which might be my Sagittarius full moon. Um, but And this full moon highlighting my Jupiter and Sag. Uh, but I was, I was just thinking about that. Like, wow, like how, how much, how unaligned, for me at least, sometimes the, the stuff. The, the, like you said, Noel, the, the buzzwords sometimes, you know, I don't know. So, uh, Annie, you said not enough releasing and too much manifesting. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps, right? Um, but yeah, I would think about with this, with this Sagittarius full moon ruled by Jupiter conjunct the North Node, um, what are we releasing and, and what are we paying tribute to? What ending are we really recognizing and taking time to marinate in? Um, And I'm thinking about the world card, which is funny because some of you are in my current tarot class. Some of you know I'm currently in a in a tarot semester. And this week we were noticing that a lot of us in the class were pulling the world card. And and what is the world card? I actually think it's a it's a good moment to talk about the world, um, because um, you know even though in the tarot like traditionally the world is represented by Saturn, I I kind of feel like it is kind of both a Saturn and a Jupiter kind of energy. Um, but the world it describes some sort of wrapping up or some kind of leveling up, I would say, uh, some kind of awareness or understanding of the journey that we're now gaining that we didn't necessarily have before. And I think the world can sometimes help us come to peace and understanding with a certain cycle completing itself. And yeah, I'm holding up the world, the Rider Waite Smith world card at the moment. And it's funny because we see this sort of androgynous person. Um, when someone is nude in the tarot, it, it typically represents something along the lines of like rebirth, sort of recalibration, new beginning. Um, but yet the world is the final card of the fool's journey. This is the final sort of character or energy that the fool is being challenged to marinate with on the fool's journey. And, um, 
you know, in uh, Rachel Pollack, uh, 78 Degrees of Wisdom, she actually refers to the world as sort of the birth canal, uh, which I find to be really beautiful, like this sort of, uh, if this is sort of like the birth canal and like this this person is being birthed from from the ethers, like I just think that's kind of a cool um, a, a cool metaphor there for what the world is really pulling us into, which is like how this moment of of ending and release and acceptance is um, is sort of leading us into the next iteration of the unknown. And I think that might be the true um, wisdom of Sagittarius. Like, I think something that Sagittarius has, something that's kind of special about that sign, is the way Sagittarians approach the unknown. Um, And of course, there's a shadow side, too, because the Sagittarian also has, like, the need to know. And the need to disperse information, right? Like, that's where we get the sort of, um, like, shadowy priest energy from Sagittarius, right? And it's sort of other iteration, like, the sort of, like, this is the truth. And I am going to disperse the truth. This is the one and only truth, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But on the other side of that, there's, like, this beautiful marriage between, like, us and our human understanding and what we actually can never know as humans. And Sagittarius has this beautiful gift of sort of helping us find the the marriage or the partnership between us and our humanity and our sort of unknown sense of of time and our unknown sense of like why things happen and our unknown sense of like what is the meaning of this like i think sagittarius really helps us become friends with that and and that's likely part of this full moon's lesson maybe some of us are sort of making friends with some inkling of the unknown or making new peace with something that has previously caused us like anxiety or rumination um, maybe we're accepting, like, wow, like, I can't know what's next, which is kind of part of the world, too, right? Like, I- I'm in acceptance that this is, this is wrapping up, but then I'm also in acceptance that the next step is the unknown, aka the fool, because that's who comes after the world. We go back to the fool. Um, so I, w- I wonder if anybody's feeling like that, the sort of, like, they're kind of on the cusp of, wrapping up something big, wrapping up kind of like a bigger journey or a bigger lesson and and getting ready again to step into the unknown in some ways. Uh, yeah, like that's kind of the vibe for me of this Sagittarius full moon. Uh, and I want to pull a card maybe. Let's pull a card like e- even though the, the Sagittarius full moon already perfected yesterday, June 3rd. I think we're still very much in the energy. Um, so let's ask Spirit, um, what would be helpful for us? What is helpful medicine for us throughout this Sagittarius full moon's energy? And we pulled the Queen of Pentacles. Okay. Um, see, this is why... Um, <laughs> This is why I was kind of like talking a little smack about like TikTok astrology forecasts because on the one hand we have so many people saying like use this Sagittarius energy as manifestation and shooting your arrow and expanding and facing your shadow or whatever we say. Um, but that's not really the Queen of Pentacles medicine at all. You know, the Queen of Pentacles is like hey, like, what do you have to do to go slow through this moment? Um, What would it be like to feel into your body within this moment? What would it be like to nurture yourself first and foremost? Um, And what if expansion comes from um, 
uh, sort of, I'm trying to think of the right word. What, what if expansion actually comes from a feeling of, um, balance inside of us? And what if, what if forced expansion is a result of our own imbalance, right? And, and what if true expansion just births naturally from our own sense of balance? Um, what if when we are well-fed and nurturing ourselves and hydrating and, you know, doing the things that the Queen of Pentacles uh, teaches us how to do, you know, paying attention to our body, just treating ourselves really, really well. Um, what if naturally the next step or the the next phase just comes to us from that energy versus going out and like searching and trying really hard and forcing and and um and and sort of searching like that that feels to me like not what the queen of pentacles would advise the queen of pentacles is like no like why don't you actually stay at home care for yourself and see if if the next thing is birthed from more of that heart space or or that sort of sense of regulation is really important um sam you said very big feelings and lots of tears of releasing for sure totally i i, I see it i see like i see why that could be and with you know this makes sense with the queen of pentacles being our sort of advice for the sag full moon because um jupiter is in taurus jupiter's in an earth sign and how can jupiter expand in an earth sign well, think of how a literal plant expands in the earth. Uh, does it go fast? No. I mean, if you sit there and stare at a seed, you're not going to notice anything for a long time. You know, like, you know, the, the process of growing something from the ground requires of us like a sort of nurturing, walking away nurturing then walk away then come back a little bit later then and then we notice the growth but jupiter in taurus is more of a slow growth similar to the growth that we would see in our own garden um yeah and, and i think jupiter in taurus tends to do that thing too where at the end of the summer we have like five million zucchinis <laughs> and we're like wow like how did i go from you know, wondering if these seeds would ever grow to 5 million zucchinis. And now I need to make zucchini bread for my neighbors, you know, and that, that feels very Jupiter and Taurus too. So if we could just trust in what has already been planted and not put so much pressure on ourselves to like manifest you know, every 15 days, this new big grandiose thing, like, what if we can just trust that taking care of ourselves uh, is enough, um, and take the pressure off of ourselves a little bit. Um, the other the other thing that I'm thinking about, that kind of relates is, right now, we're in our last day of Venus in Cancer. And, um, you know, Venus and Cancer sort of taught us a similar lesson uh, about mothering ourselves and also becoming more aware of like, where am I sort of caring for others or building resentment around my own like giving where I don't actually have that energy to give <laughs> and like, is any resentment pointing me towards you know, certain areas of my life where, like, I maybe am imbalanced or, or giving from a place of, um, you know, just, like, not the right frequency, it, it, you know, like, that, that feels to me like kind of a Venus and Cancer lesson. Um, Celeste, you said this resonates so much because I also feel the pressure of the TikTok astrologers to manifest at a time I feel like I need to retreat and rest. 
yes yeah like and i i think i've said this before but um i think your your um natal lunar phase has a lot to do with when you may uh be more you know in touch with like putting a manifestation out there quote unquote um, like, and what do I mean by natal lunar phase? Like, were you born during a full moon phase? Were you born during a new moon? Were, were you born during a waxing gibbous? Um, and I think that also we can take that into account because I was born on a new moon and I was born right before the new moon and full that's so full moons are actually like the opposite of my natal energy <laughs> and sometimes that is a good thing but most of the time full moons kind of knock me out a little bit and uh you know just because that energy is so opposite of me um noel you said lots of rest grief letting go big crybaby energy during the astro weather yeah and i would say because today june 4th is the final day of venus in cancer yeah there could be some big crybaby vibes um and i'm not saying that in a way to talk smack about cancerian energy right like i'm a i'm a cancer rising so i get it um but yeah there there could be there could be like um you know what i'm thinking of like there's this scene in uh, princess diaries where um like Mia, she had just gone to like that beach party with Josh and he was like a total jerk and the paparazzi caught them or whatever. And then she's like back at the house and she's like sitting with her mom on the stairs outside of their house. And and uh, her mom is just like, you know what? You just cry. Or like she says something like, you know, things really hard things happen today. So you, you just cry like you can cry like she just it, it was kind of um it, yeah it was such a good a good moment uh especially if you as a kid were watching that and uh maybe your own parents weren't so crying positive <laughs> so to like hear this mom character say like you know what you went through some hard stuff so you you deserve to cry um that that feels like a venus and cancer <laughs> last day kind of moment um and annie you said i feel that i'm always less social or energetic during the full moon i'd rather gather with others to do rituals with on the new moon it feels better i used to put so much pressure on myself to socialize yeah yeah it's so true and yeah and and you know you might be someone might be listening and have like 50 million placements in Sagittarius and have felt like super energized on the full moon, you know, and, and ready to, you know, get on a, get on a plane and move to Bali or something. Like, I'm sure someone is, is doing that out there. Uh, but that's because of the energies in their chart, right? And that's why, um, generalized, astrology f forecasts including my own at times i'm sure uh just you really got a feeling for yourself your own sense of self-trust like what what feels right and and what doesn't um and uh <laughs> noel you said mal always dropping the fire movie metaphors <laughs> y'all you got you can you you can always count on me for a for a chick flick reference um and I had another movie thing that I was going to talk about. Oh, I remember now. Okay, so I was looking up, um, you know, again, because today is the last day of Venus in Cancer, tomorrow morning on June 5th, around mm, like 9.30 a.m. Central, Venus will move into Leo. Okay. And this is like a particularly important shift, I think. Uh, the sort of idea now that Venus moving into Leo, she will be there until October 9th. <laughs> so like, because Venus will later go retrograde, a station retrograde in Leo. So now we've got June, J 
June to July to August to September to October. So we have like, does that make sense? June to July, July to August, August to September. So we have like a little bit over four months of Venus in Leo starting tomorrow. And and this is kind of an important thing to tap into. And and something I kind of like to do when, when we're going to have a, a longer transit is I'll look to some people uh, some like celebrity charts and see like oh what what famous people have Venus and Leo and like how have they maybe um, taught us something inadvertently about that placement and uh, I was looking up Venus and Leo celebrity placements and I saw that uh, Daniel Radcliffe he doesn't only have Venus and Leo, but he has um, Sun and Leo, Venus and Leo, Mars and Leo, and Mercury in Leo. So four, um, four Leo placements, which is really interesting because he goes on to take on the role of Harry Potter who I also think Harry Potter is the um, is a Leo too. Because uh, in the books, I think Harry Potter's birthday is like July 31st, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's Leo. And isn't it kind of funny that Daniel Radcliffe, being a Venus and Leo, specifically goes on to play like a very famous um, Leonian character, which is Harry Potter. Um, I actually think Harry Potter might be the best... Um, kind of Leo character because the character we see him evolve over like a really long period of time from like childhood to early adulthood and we see him like go on many Leo quests quests also sorry is it homophobic to be talking about Harry Potter during (laughs) during pride month I apologize um so anyways the uh Harry's birthday is July 31st. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and, um, Corey, you said Venus is in my 10th. Yay. Should I, should be good for finding a book agent? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, this is good. So, you know, check on your Leo house in your chart, which house is Leo and know that Venus is going to be transiting there now and in retrograde there for the next, uh, you know, four-ish months. And that's really important. And there is maybe a sort of Harry Potter kind of lesson, <laughs> I think, in that, in, that, uh, in that house. And what do I mean by that? Well, um, part of, I think, Harry's journey in a, in a sort of astrology Leo perspective is um, Harry is like discovering how to utilize his greatness from a place of humility and not ego. And one of the things that we kind of see from Harry is like this sense of like humility um maybe counting against him in some instances throughout his story like um like the sense of like his sort of like savior complex (laughs) you know like um his sense of like um I think being at times like mediocre in school uh, with his schoolwork or um his sense of like oh, poor me, like, I have so much stuff on my plate. Um, uh, like, and also his sense of, like, being born into this sort of fame that he doesn't even know about until he's, like, 11 or 12. Like, that's such a Leo sort of plight to battle. Um, and and ultimately, I mean, it's hard to wrap up the whole series of Harry Potter and you know, one little snippet here, but I think ultimately, like, he he kind of learns to balance sort of this, um, 
this sort of, uh, his personal greatness, he's almost learning to have a healthy, a healthy relationship with his talent and with his greatness and with his fate. Um, and, and I think the whole book is sort of him struggling with his relationship to his own fate, his own greatness, his own power, his own, uh, fame. Uh, so there's, there's something there. I think there's like this Harry Potter lesson <laughs> going on in the Leo house in one way or another. Um, uh, and again, just because Venus stations retrograde, retrogrades don't necessarily mean bad, bad is coming. It's not that even though we love to bitch about retrograde energy, um, <laughs> which I, I'm always down to have a little shit talking on, on retrograde, uh, energy, but, uh, on the flip side, I think Venus, specifically a Venus retrograde, I think is one of my favorite retrogrades. It's a powerful, uh, moment for Venus to maybe recalibrate and, and sort of, um, work on her, the health of her self image. Uh, that, that feels very, very Venus and Leo. Uh, the health of your self image. Uh, and like, have you ever met a person who has sort of a false sense of self-confidence? <laughs> like, um, uh, like a sort of, uh, like they're, there's, they sort of, ha they're acting, they're acting confident, but it's not necessarily, doesn't feel right or true. And it also, we've also met other people who are kind of faking a sense of uh, insecurity. Like, oh my God, like I'm going to do so bad on this test. I'm sure I've said that about 10 dozen times in my life. Oh my God, I'm going to do so bad on this test. And then I get an A. <laughs> You know, or like, oh my God, I'm going to blow this speech. And then you like totally are fine. You know, like we do that shit. Like there's something Venus and Leo about that. Like, are we, are we feigning a sense of insecurity? Are we feigning a sense of confidence? And if we are, why are we doing that? And like, is there some sort of like healthy, healthier sense of self image that we're being drawn to collect from this moment. Um, and Corey, you said this analysis warms my heart. And Katie, you said, I adore this, Mal. I finally, I'm finally starting to write and conquer my fear of failure. So this is really a, a part of a, a portion, uh, a port in my storm. Oh, I like that. Uh, totally, totally. I think this Venus and Leo sort of four month transit that we're going to begin tomorrow. Um, it's yeah. I, I mean, there, there's always a fear to be conquered. Right. And I, sometimes I feel like the only thing we talk about on which church is, <laughs> is like conquering fears. And, um, you know, something came to me. Um, oh, it was, um, it was during tarot class, we were talking about the strength card, which is the Leo card, right? And we were talking about how the, um, we were talking about how the strength card sometimes is this moment of, hey, I need, I'm overcoming something or I'm, I'm beginning to befriend a fear, but I don't think the strength card is inherently you overcoming that fear. Um, I think the strength card is us willing to being willing to engage with the fear itself. And when it comes to Venus in Leo, specifically Venus retrograde in Leo, maybe like we're, we're becoming more willing to engage in the fear of self expression. 
we're becoming more willing to engage in the fear of um, our our own greatness, our own talent. Uh, I forget who originally said this quote, but someone said something like, uh, we're far more uh, scared of our own ability to succeed versus our own the possibility of us failing which i do kind of believe you know i really do uh believe that um if we look at that from a sense of um a perspective from like a trauma-informed perspective or um you know what's that the book um adult children of emotionally insecure parents uh some of us are afraid to succeed because when children succeed uh narcissistic parenting or parents who are are somehow in the narcissistic spectrum um that usually dysregulates them in some way (laughs) you know or like that that might even you know cook up some sense of jealousy or some sense of like um personal gain from their own kids success but at the same time they're jealous of their own kids talent you know that can kind of be something um that doesn't have to be true for everybody but just kind of offering maybe the wounded inner child uh, sort of perspective on um success and why we may be afraid to succeed we may be afraid of succeeding because it somehow unconsciously correlates to like our parents being jealous of us or saying something weird to us or acting weird about our success, right? Um, Lauren, you said uh, adult children of emotionally immature parents is a great book. Yeah, yeah. Um, And even if our parents aren't like necessarily like narcissists, right? I know that's such like a buzzword. Uh, I, I think sometimes, sometimes our parents are afraid of kids becoming who they truly are and how different that may be from, from themselves, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and, uh, and that what that may reflect back to them about their own selves. Uh, yeah, like that, that might be something too, um, Noel, you said, thinking about Finding Nemo, got to go through the fear, not over it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And remember, I talked about this in my YouTube video about Jupiter in Taurus, but Venus in Taurus, sorry, Venus in Leo will square Venus in Taurus. And that's going to be a really big moment. Let's actually see when that happens, because does that happen this week? Yeah, that'll actually happen. Eh, it's it's actually more like next week. Venus will square Jupiter on June 11th. But I mean, the minute Venus moves into into Leo, she's going to oppose Pluto. She's going to start oppose, opposing Pluto and start at least being an orb of that square to Jupiter. So Venus is about to enter the same T-square that Mars and Leo is already in the mix with, right? Uh, So what does that mean in English? Uh, All the things that we talked about with the Mars and Leo stuff, the sort of I'm right, you're wrong, (laughs) the sort of like self-righteousness, like I'm going to push forward, uh, goddammit, and this is my will, Um, and you know, you no one's getting in my way um you know venus is now entering that t-square and and being like whoa like where's where's the self-compassion in this story where's the sense of self-value uh are we going to engage in this conflict or are we not and if we're going to engage how do we do so um in a way that's self-dignifying and and self-respecting uh, that feels like Venus and Leo as well. Um, again, though, the shadow of Venus and Leo does kind of have to do with maybe an overinflated sense of self-importance. 
uh, and this isn't me talking smack about you if you have Venus and Leo natally. Um, I'm not necessarily talking about the natal placement, but I could see with Venus approaching this square to Jupiter, um, there could be a little bit of a rhetoric of like, that inflated sense of self-importance being something like, like my issues are worse than anybody else's or um, I just have so much going on you could never understand or I'm so caught up in my own sense of suffering that I maybe have forgotten about like compassion for others or I've forgotten that you know someone might be going through something even worse than me and I think we've all been there like have you ever like I was doing this this week actually because I was like <laughs> I was bitching to everybody about um a, a hinge a hinge date fiasco which I won't get into or should I or should I <laughs> just to prove my point um but i i had like this hinge date fiasco thing happen and i was like bitching about it to everybody partially because it's just funny like i was i was making it making it into a bit and it was just like a funny story but at the same time um i think in getting too invested in what has gone wrong wrong for us sometimes it puts us in this position of like you know, we're bitching, we're focusing on our suffering, and we're, like, telling a lot of people about our suffering, and, and we forget, like, oh, wait, what are they going through? Or, like, wait, have I checked in with them today? Or, like, have I, have I, like, held space for them today? And it's not to say every relationship needs to be this sort of ping-pong table of, like, I talk about my problems and then you talk about your problems and then I talk about my problems and uh, like I don't think relationships are supposed to work like that either. Um but but we could have maybe an uncomfortable slice of humble pie as Tyra would say sort of being fed to us during this Venus and Leo transit where we're kind of like, "Ooh, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> like is is my sense of suffering you know, as bad as I thought, or, or have I been really focused on my issue, which could be very painful, don't get me wrong, which could be filled with grief. Um, have I been focused on, focused in on my issue a lot? And um, sometimes we can't help that. Like, sometimes it's, it's okay to say like, wow, this thing is so big, and I'm so overwhelmed. I'm even going to like tell my friends like, hey, I'm sorry if I haven't checked in with you for a while or like, hey, I'm sorry if I have, haven't been answering your texts. Like, I do care about you. I'm just so overwhelmed. You know, sometimes that's how we, we might have to handle Venus and Leo. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting vibe, guys, uh, with, with, with Venus moving into Leo. Let's, let's pull one more card and then I'm going to... Where did I put my deck? Okay, here we go. And then I'm going to do some collective polls. Um, sorry if you just joined, guys. I started at 9.30 because I yet again overbooked my Sunday. Um, but that's okay. Uh, this is recorded for a reason. So you can kind of go back and hear me blab a little bit more about the Sagittarius full moon and, and Venus moving into Leo. Uh, but let's ask for just a little bit more advice um, when it comes to, like, maybe dealing with the sort of Venus and Leo energy, which could be um, a really healing thing when it comes to uh, sort of our own sense of self-worth, our own perception of who we are, our own... Our own sort of idea of our capability um if we've been sort of like if we've been downplaying ourselves and we've been like oh I can't do that I would never do that you know Venus and Leo transit could be like yeah bitch you're doing it like <laughs> it's it's time to do it it's time to experiment it's time to like lose that narrative that you can't do it and like we were saying engage with the fear instead of avoiding it you know that's a really healthy I think manifestation of 
Venus and Leo versus the shadow, which is a little bit of that, like overinflated self-importance, poor me, my problems are more problem-y than everybody else's problems. And what's funny because what's funny is that we got the four of swords as our um as our advice or our medicine for the beginning transit of uh, Venus and Leo. So I think this this intuitively feels to me like it applies um you know maybe for Venus and Leo during the first like 15 degrees, so like the first 2 weeks or so of Venus and Leo. Um, and I would love to hear your, um, your intuitions about Four of Swords. Um, for me, this is making me feel like, um, self-reflection is needed. Like, intentional time of self-reflection is needed. Especially if we're engaging in a conflict or a struggle or there's kind of a rough moment of of maybe projection or or this feeling of stress or um even if you're labeling something as something you are incapable of um i think a moment of self-reflection is needed and activities that can offer us a container for self-reflection would be really good in this moment so like whatever that is for you, like going to, you know, the pond and bringing your journal and, and writing about what you've been noticing in yourself or, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, maybe it's, it's working out and then, you know, leaving yourself a voice note. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like the, the, everybody self reflects in a different way. Actually, not everybody self-reflects, <laughs> but but most of us have our own way of, of self-reflecting on certain things. And I think this is kind of a beautiful invitation when it comes to Leo being about the power of focusing like on our own hearts, on our own health, on our own selves. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be powerful to develop that that kind of practice. Um, Lauren, you said Four of Swords feels like rest so that it is possible to integrate the changes that are coming. Oh, absolutely. That I love that too. You know, we can't deny that the Four of Swords is a card that has to do with like stopping, not moving forward, taking a breather rest before you do something like spontaneously energetically charged because it might not get you as far as you would like um and sometimes rest can bring us back into alignment um so it is interesting that the two cards we pulled today do both have to do with like caring for ourselves uh queen of pentacles and four of swords okay friends that's about it that I have today, but let's do about 10 minutes of individual polls. If you have any questions or any prayer requests, I would love to answer. Um, also, uh, I just put up my um, summer offerings. So I have a few summer specials. Uh, one of them is just like a summer weather forecast. So if you want to kind of tune into Venus and Venus retrograde, Jupiter and Taurus, that whole thing for your specific chart. That's up on my site, book a session, summer specials. Um, also, I have like a sort of sinistry love reading and then astrocartography. So lots of fun summer sessions that you could potentially book. Uh, so step into my office if the time is right. Uh, I would love to chat with you. And Chicago, if you do want to meet with me in person instead of Zoom, uh, yeah, let me know. I'm open to that. Uh, so just give me a heads up if you are thinking about that. Um, Katie, you said beautiful witch church. Miss being here. Thanks for all that you do, Mal. Ah, oh, thanks, Katie. Um, Jess, you said, could I have a card for some medicine related to work? 
Absolutely. Three of Cups. Too much work, not enough fun. <laughs> Jess, I feel like this is like almost in a weird way, like a stalker energy for you, the Three of Cups, because the Three of Cups might be the least work-focused card in, in the tarot. And, you know, you have the gift of, of intense focus and intense drive. And maybe the nuance here is like what can happen behind the scenes while you're having fun, uh, while you're doing things that you enjoy, because the universe might be working behind the scenes in places that you don't even know about. And maybe that is happening and you might as well, you know, have fun while that's happening instead of, you know, staring up at the sky with a telescope and being like, hey, like, when is the when are the stars going to align? Instead, we could just be like dancing and having fun and being like, oh, whoa, the stars just aligned. You know, wouldn't we rather have fun along the way versus, you know, making watching paint dry? You know, that kind of thing is coming to mind. So love this Three of Cups energy. I think Venus and Leo will be good Three of Cups energy too. Um, Israb, you said, may I please have a card? I'm interviewing for big jobs. Yeah, let's see here. Nine of Pentacles, amazing. Um, I'm getting the advice is like, don't downplay your worth. And I know... Um, like job interviews typically, you know, they, um, they include like, you know, tell us about your strengths. What would you like to be paid? What would you like to be compensated? Like, you know, like don't, don't play it small. Like if you're looking to make more money than you ever have, like you need to show up in that frequency and also don't downplay, you know, your confidence and your abilities your ability to strategize and make projects happen. And yeah, like this, this is your moment. Like that feels like a really good job interview energy. Uh, Corey, you said an advice card for the event I'm attending today. Please and thank you. Queen of Swords. Okay, Corey, I think this is like a really good event for potential like business connections or just like networking, things like that. But also um, Queen of Swords tells me like protect your boundaries and like you don't have to connect with everybody. Feel free to tune into who you want to connect with and who you don't vibe with. And if you don't vibe with someone, like you can just take their business card or whatever and and it's like, all right, I'll have my people call your people. Like, you know, you don't have to connect with every single person. Only the people who are aligned for you really matter in this moment. And also, like, maybe staying a, sh a, a the time that feels aligned for you and your body. Like, don't feel bad about not staying the whole time or whatnot. Like, you'll feel intuitively when you've made the connections that you needed to make. And then you'll know when it's time to bounce. So that's what I'm getting. Lauren, you said I would love a card for the week. Three of Swords. Um, this makes me feel like uh, maybe Venus and Leo, you know, initially it will oppose Pluto. So this makes me feel like lessons of the past or, um, you know, some kind of relationship junk might kind of arise for the collective and you know you may be either managing this inside of yourself or you may be noticing that the people around you are perhaps maybe triggered by this or that when it comes to like venus pluto unearthing the sort of unconscious you know stuff uh that sometimes simmers beneath the surface but i would also say Venus and Pluto, it's there to trigger us in order to feel the release. And it helps us actually learn how to get back into our nervous system. So so remember that, Lauren. Uh, Celeste, you said I would love some wisdom for the week. Yeah, let's see, Celeste. The sun. Um, 
I feel like the sun is this moment this week where like you just know this is the way forward because the way forward even though it might be hard and it might be sad in some ways it might um, include grief the way forward also feels equally as light it feels lighter. It feels like it doesn't cause you that much anxiety. It feels like it it's filled with relief. And that can still be sad. And that can still, you know, be, um, you know, difficult. But I, I think the way forward is it aligns with the frequency of truth. And when someone speaks the truth, we feel relief. You know, we feel like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, thanks for saying that. Like, I got that. Okay, so pay, so pay attention to what you know to be true in the situation and what options, you know, make you feel like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, this is hard. Like, this is, this is a hard choice, but yeah, this, this is what needs to happen. Alexandra, you said, may I please have a card for the week? Yeah, let's see here. Ooh, the star. Okay, Alexandra. This makes me feel like it's it's a week of rebalancing, recuperating, focusing on healing. Um, this makes me feel like maybe this week is um, kind of like a, a week that shows you that your hard work has paid off. Um, I don't know if graduation or it's like the last couple weeks of school or maybe school has already ended. Um, but, you know, regardless, I feel like this week is showing you like, okay, like my rest and relaxation is either here or it's right around the corner. And, and there's something this week that's showing you like, yeah, like you should be proud of the work that you've done this year. Okay. Allie, you said, I appreciate a card pull on a new romantic interest in my sphere. Allie, King of Cups. Cool. I, I think uh, I think this um, I think this romantic interest um, it's uh, giving it's giving the vibe of like uh, there's there's space for emotional growth in this in this space um, and I think there's something about like emotional honesty coming through like maybe on your own part like maybe emotional honesty about like what you're needing out of a relationship what past relationships have reflected back to you about what you want and need um and i just feel like there's a lot of a vulnerable vulnerability from the beginning that it's not necessarily meaning that the the connection is going too quickly um but i think that vulnerability in the beginning is is helping you both understand like that this is a safe place to express the emotions. Like, even if that emotion is like, hey, like, I don't want to go too fast. Like, I only want to see you once a week. Or like, hey, like, I feel like we're, we're moving in a good direction. But at the same time, like, I want to make sure I honor my alone time. You know, like that, that's such a, it, it, it feels like that is the space that you both are cultivating together. Um, Okay, Sam, you're going to be my last poll because we got we to gotta blast. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, Sam, you got the Two of Cups. So it feels to me like this is such a healing moment when it comes to like knowing that you do have people in your life that like really, really get you. And you have these like really beautiful heart space connections with not only like your kids, but like your friends and, and the people around you. And I'm thinking too, like there's some heart space connection you have where it's like you as mentor or like you as teacher. And I'm not sure if this is necessarily with one of your kids or if this is like you kind of mentoring like a friend or a neighbor or or maybe it's even like your niece or or some something along those lines. But um, I think there's something this week where you're kind of handing your wisdom to someone else. And and in handing that wisdom to someone else, um, 
you know, you're also, it's also healing for you to know. So, so there's some healing power of, of heart connection this week that, that feels really right. Um, I'm so sorry if I didn't get to your question. Uh, sorry, which church was a little bit shortened, uh, today, but I think we'll be back to our regular timing next week. So thanks for coming early, my friends. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate our Sunday morning so much. And I'm going to be excited to talk about our Venus in Leo discoveries next week. Uh, so take note, keep me updated. Check out my latest Instagram posts about my summer booking specials. And um, all of my links are in my bio or down below if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, the link to my books is in the show notes if you would like to book a session. Okay. Okay. Sending love, my friends. Talk soon. <laughs>